It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Jane Garvey. And I'm Fee Glover. Off Air with Jane and Fee is going live. We are taking to the stage at the amazing Crucible Theatre in Sheffield on Friday the 31st of May. It'll be a night full of surprises. We'll have a special guest, we'll involve you in the audience and we'll embarrass ourselves. You really won't want to miss it. Well, the surprises, we don't yet know what's in it, so it genuinely is a night of surprises. Well, you've surprised me already. Uh, It's not just us. Our live show is part of an exciting new podcast festival called Cross wires which is taking place in some really amazing venues across sheffield from the 31st of may to the 2nd of june so other podcasters that you'll be able to see include katie price Catherine ryan romash ranganathan and the original adam buxton but there's also a whole host of free fringe events family shows surprise acts and after parties that jane and i haven't yet been invited to i'm sure it's only a matter of time head to crosswires.live for tickets and more information This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday the 15th of July. I'm Laura Cook. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Italy's Prime Minister offers his resignation. I don't think that it's really for anyone's benefit to have a major political meltdown at this point. And President Biden visits Saudi Arabia. I always bring up human rights, but my position on Khashoggi has been so clear. If anyone doesn't understand it, in Saudi Arabia or anywhere else, then they haven't been around for a while. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start in Italy, where a day of political drama saw the country's Prime Minister, Mario Draghi, resign, threatening to send the government into chaos. The government had been a coalition, but this fell apart after the populist coalition partner, Five Star, withdrew its support in a confidence vote. Five Star leader Giuseppe Conti refused to back the government's 23 billion euro package of economic aid for families and businesses, arguing Mr Draghi wasn't doing enough to tackle the cost of living crisis. Riccardo Romani, filmmaker and reporter for Sky Italia, says the move is confusing. Well, it's a very fragile line because, uh, to, to, to tell you the truth, in the same day, uh, Giuseppe Conti, the former prime minister and now leader of this movement, uh, he basically did not participate to, to the vote of confidence on a specific law, but at the same time, he claimed that he's not uh, willing to, to, to walk out of the government. So you, it's a little bit of a flip-flop uh, uh, kind of a, a behavior that has definitely a grip on the base of the, the movement, but is is throwing the government into chaos. Draghi had been dubbed Super Mario due to his long career as a financial problem solver as the former head of the European Central Bank. He's led a unity government for the last 18 months, but he's acknowledged that Italy's borrowing costs have risen during his premiership. Even though the government won the vote in the Senate on Thursday with the help of other parties, Draghi has said he wouldn't want to lead without Five Star. Reuters chief Rome correspondent Crispian Balmer explains the timing of all of this couldn't be worse. I don't think that 
It's really for anyone's benefit to have a major political meltdown at this point. There is a cost of living crisis, there is a heat wave, there's a drought, there's the war in Ukraine. It's not a good moment for people to be playing politics. So I think we've got to see whether Draghi in the coming days can convince Five Star to fall into the ranks once again and try to overcome their difficulties and limp through these final months of the legislature to open the way for elections next year as is uh, foreseen by the constitution. Divisions among Italy's political parties over major issues are growing. The country's president has said there could be an election as early as September if this isn't resolved, but he rejected Draghi's offer to leave. It's effectively put the government on pause until next week. Early elections could please several right-wing parties, but the political uncertainty could jeopardise the country's efforts to tackle a looming energy crisis and pass next year's budget to secure EU funding. President Sergio Mattarella asked Draghi to address Parliament to get a clearer picture of what's going on, which he's expected to do next Wednesday. And now to Saudi Arabia, where the US president will arrive later. Joe Biden's travelling there for a summit with the country's de facto ruler, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. But the visit has been met with controversy, as four years ago US intelligence concluded the Crown Prince directly approved the murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Saudi Arabia's ruler denies having a role in the killing, and Mr Biden has defended his visit. My views on Khashoggi have made been absolutely positively clear. Um, And I have never been quiet about talking about human rights. The question that I'm, the reason I'm going to Saudi Arabia, though, is much broader, is to promote U.S. interest. But Aaron David Miller, who worked at the U.S. Department of State for 24 years and advised on Arab-Israeli negotiations, has told Times Radio the president is likely not as comfortable with the visit as he may seem. He's gone to extreme lengths, the president, to deny that the reason he's going is to meet the crown prince. He's talked about he's going to an international meeting. He's going to see nine countries. He'll meet with the Gulf Cooperation Council plus Iraq, Jordan and Egypt. So he's very uncomfortable with this. And um, I don't think it's going to be a happy day for him on uh, Friday, Saturday. White House advisers have declined to say whether the president will shake the prince's hand. And Mr. Miller also told us whether he does or not will be crucial. That one picture is worth a thousand years. And that handshake, that embrace, however, whatever interaction that is between he and Mohammed bin Salman is going to be something that will help define the Biden presidency. Energy supply, human rights and security cooperation are expected to be discussed. Saudi Arabia is the world's biggest oil producer and Biden's attempt to reset relations follows the global spike in oil prices. It's expected the US will push officials there to increase its production. On the way, the latest from Ukraine and a dramatic elephant rescue. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Now to Sri Lanka, where there's celebration. 
Gotabaya Rajapaska has resigned as the country's president, which has now been accepted by its parliament. It follows mass protests over his leadership, and in particular his mismanagement of their economic crisis, which has seen the cost of food, fuel and other basics soar. Damitha Abirathne is an activist who's been fighting for his removal. The whole country will celebrate today because it's a big victory. Actually, this, this Rajapaksha corrupted family, we never thought we will get this country free from them. That much we were struggling and they were hitting us, they were hitting from the tear gas, they were shooting us. He had fled the country on Wednesday, reportedly because he wanted to avoid arrest under a new administration. It was at the same time as months of peaceful protests over poor leadership turned violent. Protesters stormed the president's home and the official residence of the prime minister setting it alight. The Times Asia editor Richard Lloyd Parry is in Colombo and says for now the streets seem much calmer. You know, when the news first came out, there was a bit of cheering. Um, There's a few people still there, but there's a sense also, I think, that in some ways, for now at least, the protest movement is rather spent. And having secured this victory, people are going to take a breather, take a rest Mm. and see what the the politicians and parliament comes up with in the next few days in terms of forming a new government and finding a new president. The country will have an interim president before MPs vote for a new leader next week. Atul Kesha, president of the US-India Business Council and former US ambassador to the Maldives and Sri Lanka, told Times Radio this was crucial for Sri Lanka's democracy. This is Asia's oldest democracy, and Sri Lankans are very proud of that. They have a constitution. It has various provisions for peaceful transfer of power. Uh, And uh, while the Rajapaksas didn't uh, follow that, I think it's incumbent upon all of the political tendencies in Sri Lanka to follow the constitution and ensure that whatever interim government comes to pass, uh, perhaps an all-party government, is able to steer the country out of what is really a a disastrous economic situation that the Rajapaks has left. And now to Ukraine, where at least 23 people have been killed in a Russian missile strike. The attack hit the city of Venezia, far from the front line of the fighting. Many others are still unaccounted for. Ukraine says the missiles were fired from a submarine in the Black Sea. Alexei Surikin, political editor and CEO of the Kiev Independent, has told Times Radio that Russia's aim is to create a permanent state of fear among Ukrainians. That's apparently Russia's goal, to cause panic and to frighten people. Obviously now a lot of people, especially with kids, are thinking that they can't go to a mall, they can't go outside, and they're scared for their life. And even if they're at home sitting or sleeping or doing stuff, they might be a target of the next Russian strike. We head now to New York, where the former US President Donald Trump has announced his first wife, Ivana, has died. It's reported she may have fallen down the stairs at her home in New York. Ivana was married four times in total to the future US president from 1977 to 92 and was the mother of his first three children, Ivanka, Donald Jr and Eric. Jackie Goddard is the Times of London's US correspondent. She says to many people she was a first lady. Hearing as well uh, in, in media reports 
um, on the reaction of neighbours and the neighbourhood and the apartment block where um, Ivana Trump lived in New York, they considered her first lady too. She kind of had this sort of presence in the neighbourhood um, of this person who had kind of risen through uh, quite a lot in her life and had lived to be a survivor and a kind of example to other women of how to survive post-divorce from uh, from such a high-profile uh, separation as she did. Donald Trump said in a post on his social media platform, Truth Social, she was a wonderful, beautiful and amazing woman who led a great and inspirational life. Her pride and joy were her three children. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. Now with the latest on the Open Championship golf, here's John Jackson. Tiger Woods started today's second round of the Open Championship golf, 14 shots behind first-round leader American Cameron Young. While Young failed to drop a single shot on his way to a first-round score of 64, it was a completely different story for the 15-time major champion as Woods ended his first round six shots over par. The eight-under par overnight leader got the measure of the famous old course at St Andrews and said it was a dream to be there. I've obviously never played in an Open before, so it's something I've always wanted to compete in. You know, the one tournament a year that, as a kid, you wake up at four in the morning and watch. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun that it's at St Andrews. Yeah, obviously I'm happy with my start, but I'm kind of excited to put that behind me and, and get to work tomorrow. Northern Irishman and tournament favourite Rory McIlroy ended his first round two shots off the lead on six under par. The top 70 players, when today's second round concludes, will make the cuts and compete in the final two days in Scotland. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. In his first appearance at the Old Bailey in London, actor Kevin Spacey has pleaded not guilty to four charges of sexually assaulting three men. The two-time Oscar winner also pleaded not guilty to a fifth charge of causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent. A trial has been set to start in June next year, with a hearing taking place earlier in 2023. The judge granted Mr Spacey unconditional bail, and the actor has said he's confident of proving his innocence. And finally, vets in Thailand have carried out a dramatic rescue of an elephant and her calf. Rescuers were called after the baby fell into a seven-foot-deep drain during stormy weather after slipping on mud and wet grass. And the situation was made worse when the mother fell in too after being given tranquilizers to calm her down. But don't worry, there is a happy ending. After a three-hour rescue mission, which involved several vets giving the mother CPR, the pair are now safe and well. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday the 15th of July. This podcast from the Times of London is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. 